Hallelujah. Ready for the word? Sure about that? We, we want to continue our series that we left off last year. Um, I haven't missed church for a while. Some people were waiting to come back uh, the following Sunday to hear the word. But you know what they say when Jesus was gone? He said, it's quickly. It will be good I come back quickly. And yet the quickly is taking forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Praise God. Ready for the word? Oh, somebody says, let's say this together. Our Father. In the name of your son Jesus, receive revelation that is found in Christ alone. There is no confusion. There is no contradictions in this atmosphere. We behold you as we see ourselves in him. Your name alone is glorified and we are edified. Amen. 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 Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. We're continuing our series on... Um, we, 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 are, we, are, we are struggling with the title, but um, I know we'll figure out the title soon. I think it is, are you born a sinners? Are we sinners? You're not born a sinner, anyone. All right, Matthew 20, verse 18 to 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And we said, this was Jesus' instruction, as touching, giving his disciples an instruction upon the resurrection. And he told them, go ye therefore, teach all nations. Someone asked me one time and said, what was Jesus' um, What was the most paramount thing on Jesus' heart after the resurrection? I said the instruction he gave them. You know, when you give someone an instruction, the instruction seems to um, overweigh your explanation. It's like telling the person and saying, um, go and do this. You know, that one means more to you than what you are trying to really explain. So Jesus' instruction is one of the most paramount things on his heart. And he told them, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe what things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Mark accounts makes it simpler. Look at the Mark 16. I'm trying to run because I have a lot of things to sort out today. Amen. Ready? You should be excited. All right, Mark 16, verse 15. It says, Go ye therefore. Go ye into the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now that was the same instruction he gave them. And it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up sapling, drink any deadly thing, and it shall not off them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he had received up into heaven, sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth. Look at that instru- Look at that thing in verse 20. It says, They went forth, preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So that was Jesus' instruction to the disciples. It says, He went forth, preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them. So, And that same instruction has been given to us today. My Smurros once said, when the purpose of the thing is not known, 
abuse is inevitable. So that means if you don't know the purpose of a thing, there is 100% probability that you are going to abuse it. It's just like thongs for instance now. If you don't know the essence of thongs, you will abuse it. It's just the same thing with the Bible. If you don't know the essence of it, you will abuse it. Same with the instruction of Jesus. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. The main essence of a church is to raise disciples, to teach the gospel, to make the students of all nations, students of the world, make sure that students are being raised in the church. That is the essence of the local church, to train disciples, to make sure that disciples are growing in the world. Then we continue that we said, for us to understand this, we must understand, and this instruction that Jesus gave them, we will see these instructions all throughout the scriptures. That is from Genesis to Malachi, we will see that, and we said, how was the Bible written? We said, the Bible was written by 66 different authors, 40 Authors, 66 different books, 40 authors over a thousand of years, wrote at different times of history, but they wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. 2 Timothy 3 verse 15, it says all scripture is given for, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God will be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's 2 Timothy 3 15 to 17. So that means, in reading the Bible, we must pay attention, we said, we must pay attention to the grammar. And we said, when Jesus was on this surface of this earth, just to give you a little recap of what we've been studying over the, I think we've, we've, we've had about 30 sections now, I think. 30 sections on this series, right? Uh, three or four? Three. three. Okay. And we said, what, what is the main essence in the Bible? We said Jesus did not speak English. We said English is about... 800 years plus, right? So Jesus spoke Aramaic, Greek, and we said even in the whole Testament, they didn't speak English, and we said they spoke Hebrew, right? Or that's how it was written. And we said language are constantly evolving. That is why in the King James, you will see the word verily, verily. In our today's word, verily, verily does not apply again. That is why, if you read the Shakespeare material, you will see some English. How many of you read Tempest? Shakespeare. Othello. Romeo and Juliet. I know that one, everybody watched that one. Even if you have not read that one, you'll have, read, you'll have watched that one. You will observe that the English in those movies or in that writing is not the same we're saying today and languages are constantly evolving now i i told you that when i was in secondary school i think uh, the high school now that was when the word fufu came into the dictionary now fufu is now an english word you can see a typical american now call fufu as an english word but that is not an English word. It's a native Nigerian word. It is us that own fufu. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? And everything that has muscle to them, you know now, you have friends, and some of them are even in this church, but I don't know why they are not here this morning. <laughs> everything that has muscle to them is fufu. But we are the ones that will tell them, no, this one is eba. Pamala. 
pounded yam. Say more wheat. Are you getting what I say? But to them, as far as they match it, in fact, I met someone that told me, is it like mashed potatoes? I said, no, bro. <laughs> it's not, it can't be mashed potatoes. <laughs> so, now that means language has evolved. Now, that's because, and I can tell you, I can tell you I started. It was because of Wale Shoyinka. He said something and they just adopted that word and it became English. Now, if somebody with so much prominence now wake up tomorrow and say, Eba, is and funkify it. Maybe she remember that it goes the addition and funkify it and say, Heba, this and that. They will now adopt it, make it an English word, and that way it will now become a vocabulary now to this word. I wonder if I see what I'm saying. That shows that language are constantly evolving. That is why you will see different translations. You see the amplified version, they will put brackets. Different, they will now give you different suggestions of words. You see, you see King James. People used to say King James is the, one of the toughest Bibles to read. I don't believe it anyway, but I believe it sometimes. They will now say, use the new King James. Try another version. Try. What, what are they all telling you? They're just telling you that, see, it's more simpler in this one. The English is better in this one. The English is better, and it's as a result of translations. So that means, in studying the Bible, we must pay close attention to the use of words. Close attention must be paid, or we must pay close attention to the use of words. And that is why we go back to the originals. I, I say it in this way. There are things that I will say in my native language that English cannot take English language cannot give me the efficacy of the word. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. There are things that I will say in my language that by the time I'm translating it into English, I have lost the originality of what I'm saying. I don't know if you understand what I just said. I've lost the originality of what I'm saying. That's because English is not as weighty as much as we think it is. So, in studying the scriptures, we go back to the original. So, we can say, we'll go back to the Greek word, we'll go back to the Hebrew word to check the understanding of those words. Somebody say, why are we that academical with the scriptures? It makes our worship of God sweeter. It makes our worship of God good. God wants us to worship him in the right way. And you can't worship God in the right way if you don't have a clear understanding of who he is. I believe the reason why a lot of Christians are not actively serving Jesus today is because of the wrong knowledge they are fed on. It's because of the wrong information they've been fed with. So that makes their worship of God just like, is God this mysterious? Is God this way? Is God this way? So everybody just have rumors, opinions, just like Job. Job said, I've heard of the rumors. I've heard of different things about God. So everybody has rumors, different opinions, different ideologies, different beliefs, different doctrine. And that is because, and everything they are using is just this one Bible. I mean, if you have wondered, just this one Bible created so many denominations. Just this one Bible created so many beliefs. Just this one Bible created so many practices that we see in the world today. 
Somebody will say, I believe this, I believe that, I don't believe this in the Bible. No. And why is that problem happening? And that's because people don't pay attention to reading. People don't pay attention to the way the words are used. In Ephesians 3 verse 3, it says, Out of revelation, when you read, you may understand my knowledge. When you read is when you pay attention to the details. You pay attention to the details. So proper Bible reading prevents the danger of building a thought on what the writer or maker or a statement never intended. And I used to tell you, the Bible was not written in shafas and verses. Shafas and verses were given as an addition to the Bible to make things, to make you more understand it, but it has done more harm than good. Shafas and you just imagine Paul writing a letter now and say, shaft verse 1. Or Matthew was writing and say, 1, or yeah, 2. No, they wrote a full letter. They wrote a full epistle. Then it is now you, we human beings like us, that are not hard to now break it down. So that means in reading, we must read in context. How do you like to be taken out of context? When you say something, you are taken out of context, you don't understand, you just, nobody understands you, you just, you just say whatever you want to say, and somebody just click you, it's like, I write you a full letter now, and I say, and inside the letter you saw, I will kill you today. Then you're not going to report to the police. 911. I just saw an emergency letter. I'll kill you today. Heart of a full sheet. Hope you know that is not, <laughs> that is a problem. Because what if that I will kill you today is, means I was explaining the movie. And I was telling you that guy in the movie said I will kill you today. Hallelujah. So that means proper Bible reading prevents the danger of building a thought or what the writer or maker of a statement never intended. So this means that the readers of the scriptures must read in context. So how do we read our Bible? That's something we must pay attention to. How do we read? How do we interpret the text of your Bible? Because, and I'll give us just one number one today and we'll read it and we'll, we'll, we'll take it on as we go. We said we must not assume in reading the scriptures, right? We said that over the time, that we must not assume in reading the text of the scriptures. We must not imply our own meaning and read it and say, this is what it means. That's not how to read the Bible. You must read it as a conversation. Read it in context. You must read it in context. So, number one way, and I will just give us number one, and I, I, I want to talk about, about seven, but I'll give us one today, just because of our time, and we'll go into the nitty-gritties of what we need to study. Amen. Number one, you read the Bible like a conversation. You see, I tell people, I say, if you take the Bible, and you understand, just like in, look at in Genesis now, for instance. If you don't understand the audience of Genesis, who is the audience of Genesis? The audience of Genesis are those guys in the wilderness that left the prom that, that are going to the promised land. Now, so how was Genesis written? 
They started with Adam and Eve's issues, getting to Abraham, then Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, then got into Joseph. Then after Joseph, look at, where, look at what happened. Then they were now stuck. The 12 brothers and all of those things came to beg Joseph because of the famine. They started feeding and they were now stuck in Egypt. And the Bible now made us to understand that they now multiplied, grew for thousands of years or hundreds of years. Another Pharaoh now came in and put them in bondage. Then the Exodus began. Then we now saw Moses coming to rescue those guys away from that bondage they've been into. Just like saying the blacks in the United States of America now, we ought to go back to wherever we came from. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You know, all the blacks, we came through slave trade. We now say, okay, everybody, there's a deliverer. We now have a Moses. And that Moses is like, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, we need to make an agreement. All the blacks, as far as you don't have the color of this country, <laughs> let's pack our bag <laughs> and let's let my people go. That's what Moses did. Oh yeah, let my people go. Then from there, that was the Exodus, the Thalonomites, Numbers. That was what happened there. After Moses died, Joshua continued. So you must learn to read. So if you don't follow that scenario, you will miss it. If you don't follow the context of that story, what you will have in your mind is just, mm, this is what he's saying. Uh -uh. That was not what they were saying. Remember something. I told you something in our last session. I said, they were not writing to you. It's just like the letter that Paul wrote to Ephesus. Now, let's read. Let's look at Colossians again. Go to Colossians. Colossians 4. Colossians 4. Let me show you something there. Colossians 4. Colossians 4. If you're learning something this morning, say amen. amen. You know something like you mean it? Amen. This is church. Amen. Look at Colossians 4. Colossians 4, are we there? Look at it in verse 14. Let's start from verse 14. It says, look, the beloved physician and Demas greet you. Ah, do you know Luke? Do you know Demas? Are they greeting you right now? Amen. <laughs> are they greeting you right now? Okay, look at it in verse 15. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea, Nympas, and the church which is in his house. Salute the brethren in Laodicea, Nimpas, and the church in his house. Are you in Laodicea? Do you know Nimpas? Do you know the church in his house? Okay. It says, and when this epistle is read among you, cause it to be read in the church of Laodicea also. Do you know the church? Have you been there before? It now says, and say to Archippus, is Archippus your church member? In verse 17. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, they say to Archippus, is Archippus in supernatural community church? Or do we have Akipos Gordon? Or Akipos Bro Andre? Akipos Bro Andre? Hmm. That's deep. Andre Akipos. <laughs> you know, it's a say to Akipos. Thank you to their ministry. So that means they were not, you were not the first audience. So it's like saying I traveled now and I'm writing to the church and I say, 
Hi, Supernatural Community Church. I greet you in the name of Jesus. And just like how Paul will write, and let's do it like, let's start from verse 14 now. I say, Luke, my beloved physician, and Demas greet you. I can say, um, maybe somebody you know. Maybe Bro Abraham. And Bro Abraham and Sister Indidi greet you. You know, those are people you know, but they are not in Rochester Church now. They are in somewhere else. We now say they greet you. They send their greet. You know, you'll be able to relate. You know, another the church upstairs will not be able to relate because it's not their church. Are you seeing it? Okay. And that says, salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nimpas and the church in the house. And I say, salute the brethren in the house of Bro Godwin. And salute the brethren in the house of Sister Favor. And the church in his house. That means a cell group. Can we say, can we say, Herienta cell? Or Brook, Brooks and um, RIT, or Brook and RIT are childlike cell. You know, you'll be able to relate. The church upstairs now, they will know there's a Brook and I, but they don't know the brethren upstairs. They don't know the brethren that are in that place. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, says, and say to Archippus, can we say, and say to Sister Drina, take heed to your ministry. <laughs> you know, that's more relatable. So that means you were not the first audience. If you get into this point, let me see your hands. Okay. So what did the writer intend? They never even intended that in 2023, you will be reading it. It was just God's providence that we are now using to read the scriptures today. Are you getting what I'm saying? These books were a collection of books written by men to their own audience. It's like saying a pastor is talking to his church members. You know, if I'm talking to you now, it, what I'm saying does not relate to the church, up there, to the church upstairs. Let's say I'm saying, brethren, ah, we have to reach Mexico next year. We have to reach this. You know, the church upstairs can be doing their own. But that's not, they, they are not the audience I'm talking to. So that means every writer to his audience. So you must learn to read the Bible as a conversation. Tell your neighbor, say, you must learn to read the Bible as a conversation. So that is how to read them. That, see, when you first understand that, it will give you a clear way in understanding the Bible. That the Bible should be read as a conversation. What is the writer saying? Who is he talking to? What's the context of what I'm saying? It's like when I'm reading a storybook. You know, if I'm reading, how many of you read this book? Our husband has gone mad again. Olarutimi. Who, who read that book? I, I read that book years ago, many, many years ago. Our husband has gone mad again. What a book. <laughs> there's another one. Um, there's another one. Femi Oshofison. Um, ah, forgotten the title. I didn't like that book. I, I didn't like it. It was too complicated for me. Let me ask another one. Um, I don't know if I've read Popular Biscos. That one is very popular. Um, there's one she released, Ijewele, or something like that. I, I feel like I even need to buy that one very soon. 
But because I really like her, she writes. She her role model is Chino Ashibe. So Chino Ashibe was somebody that he was that guy that wrote Things Fall Apart. I don't know if I read Things Fall Apart. He was that guy that um, he writes a story but ridicules this it's like a satire he writes something and makes a comical event but he's trying to ridicule the events of the society like saying it's like saying i want to talk about the gas price in the united states how it is going high and i'll use it as a comedy and i'll use it to funkify it but i'm indirectly ridiculing joe biden's administration for not um addressing or taking charge of what is going on. I think now the guys is coming down gradually, but but it's fake ones. I think $2 Walmart gas fake. <laughs> $2 Walmart gas fake gas. <laughs> and, um, you know, but that, that's what I'm saying. So, if you read that way now, if you read things fall apart now, let me tell you, you will not be able to relate 100%. You know why? You were not in the time they wrote it. If you read the story, and that's also spoke about the Biafra issues, 1976 issues. I remember what there's a movie on Netflix, 1976. You should go and watch it. It will open you up to um, those of you that are not from Nigeria now. It will just open you up to some of the issues that happened. Now, you might not be able to relate because you are just in your own world. What is here now? What is phones? Everything is just going well. But those that are in that world, if they release the book, they will be able to relate with it strongly. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. It's just like somebody released a book now on pandemic. We all experienced it together. Now, I, I did a research. I did something last semester. I did some research. And there are now books. There are now events that document the pandemic. That they are trying to preserve history so that future generations, because they found out that there was no enough document that was available from previous pandemics that has happened in the early 90s. So there was no enough document like that. So what some writers have now done is to document all the things that we need to know for future generations. Do you know that if my own child now, by the time I give birth, if my own child pick up that book, they can't understand well. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. The baby will just be able to, he will just have glimpses and idea. Because he is not in that setting, he will not be able to relate well. If you get what I'm saying, let me see your hands. That is exactly how it is. With the scriptures also. You are not the first original person they were talking to. That is why, and we are still going to look at it. Just like, that's why everybody is still grappling with a tree, a, a snake, a song. How can a snake talk? A snake does not talk. Everybody is still grappling with Genesis 3 and saying a snake spoke to Eve. Can a snake talk? Then I said, look at what some people now said. Some people now said, God now caused them, their belly. And because of them, the, the snake started walking. Snake was first walking. Snake was first a human being. Look at it, doesn't make sense. Faith was once a human being. Then all of a sudden, he has, because of the scene, he now started crawling. So he's trying, he's now struggling to talk. That's why he's just doing. How does that make sense? Somebody say it's because they pluck a tree, they pluck a fruit, boom, and they hurt the fruit. How do so if I go to the toilet, does that still make me a sinner? 
and I wash off everything and I drink water before Jesus, before God quickly comes to the garden. <laughs> Have I not given God one zero? <laughs> And I just drink the water, go to the toilet quickly, and I've taken the fruit. How will that make me a sinner? Even Jesus told us in Mark 6, he says, You can't, it's not what you hate that can make you a sinner. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So that means there has to be, you have to understand the original audience. Who was he talking to? The people he was talking to were in the wilderness, they were in the bush. So, Moses will use what they can relate with to talk to them. So, he will use trees. He will use serpent. Where will you see a snake? Is it not in the bush? Wilderness. That is, so, he will use those things they dread to address them. Just like in our today's world now. If I want to give you an example, I will use iPhones. I will use Samsung. I will use Tesla. I will use aeroplanes. I will use Yahoo Mail, Gmail. But you know, in 1950, if somebody tells somebody that, you know, as I was just using my iPhone yesterday, the person will say, what's that? The person will not be able to relate. If you get into this one, let me see your hands. The person will not be able to relate. So that means, in studying the scripture, you must first ask yourself, who is this person talking to? Do you see that what we just did now in um, Colossians? We saw that. We saw the people he was writing to. Now, let me show you another one. Let's go back to Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians. Or let's go to uh, Philippians, actually. Let's go to Philippians. Go to Philippians. Philippians 14. Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Look at what it says. Look at, let's start from verse... Um, 16 Philippians 4 verse 16 it says for even in Thessalonica ye sent me once again unto my necessity ah uh -uh. are you in Thessalonica are you the one that sent him his necessity okay he now says but not because I desire a gift and I desire a fruit that I may abound but I have found all and I am full having received of Ephraditus ah this Ephraditus your church member no tell me oh is Ephraditus your brother or your cousin. <laughs> so are you see that? You this are you see that they were not writing, but the people that he was writing to, they will know the Ephratoditos, the church of Philippians. Are you getting what I'm saying? That means there has to be a context. Okay, let me go. Let's go to Romans 16. Go to Romans 16. I want you to open here quickly. Romans 16, brethren. Quickly. Before we get into the nitty-gritties of today. Amen. This foundation is necessary. So when you're having conversations with people, and somebody is telling you, ah, the Bible, this and that, you just tell them, bros, sit down. That is not what it says. Are you getting what I'm saying? You just tell them, that is not what it says. Now, are you there? Romans 16. Ro Romans 16, are you there? Now, look at what it says. It says, I commend you to Phoebe, our sister, who is, at, who is a servant of the church in Central, that you receive her in the Lord. Uh -uh. Is Phoebe coming to your church? Even if there's a Phoebe, is he, are you going to receive the sister as a newcomer? <laughs> Abby? Because people bear Phoebe. Okay, let's go to the name that people will not bear. 
whatsoever business she has need of, and she's a soccer for many, greet Aquila and some people bear that one. Alright, let's go to verse 5. Let's skip to verse 5. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well beloved, even this name, I can't pronounce it. Epa, Epanetos. Is he your cousin? Or you know him? Or you know the church that is in his house? But do you know that the church of Rome knows who he is talking to? The first people that will read this letter now knows who he is talking to. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So you are a third party reading this letter. It's just like I'm having a text message now with, let's say I, I'm texting bro Andre, and you are picking the text message and you just saw something. You know you are not the one I'm talking to. You can misinterpret the text message if you don't read from the beginning. That is exactly how it is. So that is how to read the Bible. You must read the Bible as a conversation. So the use of chapters and verses did not come from the authors. Nobody wants to write. When you want to write, will you put one? Verse one. I Paul, verse one. I salute you, verse two. It did not come from the author. A letter is simply a letter. Let me let's let's do a, let's do an analogy. Let's go to, let's start from Corinthians. Let's go to Corinthians. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 1. Just flip your page. 1 Corinthians 1. Let's see. Look at how to write letter. Even in our today's world, I believe that that practice of writing letter and salutations that we do in our today's world, I believe that they too did it in their own world. Now, see. You know, it has changed. When we were much younger, when, how we used to write letter was, if so, glory be to God. I don't know if you did that, if so, glory be to God thing. Now, today, you can't write letter that way. Your professor will just tell you, wrong. It has adjusted. I don't know how they now do it. But <laughs> you have to, it has to be standardized. Before, you say, I'm writing to you. And I just want to write this to you. And if so, glory be to God. I'm picking this pen from the basket. And you see... <laughs> Try it with your professor. I say, I'm picking this pen. Or your boss at work. You say you want to write a letter to your boss and say, I will not be able to come for work. I say, I'm picking this pen. No, we don't even use pen again. I'm picking this, this keypad. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at, look at how progression has changed now. Do you know that your own children now, we not know, might not know automatic cars. Because there's a projection in America that in the next 10 years, automatic cars will leave the streets. So when you are explaining to your children, I say, I used to move the jet to, like, what's that? <laughs> oh, that's manual, sorry. <laughs> you know, I grew up looking, seeing my father using fighting with the jet. Like, <laughs> But now you just press one thing to just move. Now automatically, you just, your children will not know what it means to put gas in the car now. They'll just be charging their cars. Now, if, you're not, if they're not reading a book, look at it though. 
if they are not reading a book where they spoke about automatically, do you know some of them, they will have to watch a video to, to understand it. That's because it is no more in their world again. That's the same thing even with scripture. And we must be very careful because in understanding the scriptures, we must be very careful. Look at how Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus, the will of true, the will of God, and sustenance our brother unto the church of God, which is our current, to them that are sanctified, called of the saints that are in every place, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, great be with you, and peace of God our Father, Jesus Christ. You know that's a paragraph. Can we say that's a paragraph? It, an old introduction. Then he says, I thank my God. Can we say that's the next paragraph? He's starting his journey now. He's starting his explanation. Hallelujah. So you don't think, Paul is not the one that put verse 1. Verse 2. No, 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 no. That's to show us that we must read the Bible in a conversation. So where did the conversation start? Who is the speaker talking to? You must ask those questions. So the writer had the people he's talking to in mind. Just like as I'm teaching now, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to the camera, I'm talking to an audio, because I know that it's going to be recorded, put in, put in so many places, people are going to hear what I'm saying, so I don't limit my scope of conversation to just this room. I expand what I'm saying to the whole world. This video is going to be play, is going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. People are going to hear this. I'm talking to variety. Recently, we saw that almost 65 nations are speaking our message to listen. So I'm talking to quite a number of people around the world. So that means, even though I'm talking to you, I must still have in my head that I'm talking to a world. That is why there are some messages we can't record, we can't record and put out. Because it's not, it doesn't concern the world. It is just supernatural community church we are talking to. I don't even know what I'm talking about. There are some messages we can't even put on our SoundCloud. Why? It is not, it doesn't concern the world. I am talking to supernatural community church. There are some sermons that even supernatural community church in Diana, it doesn't concern them. So the Revolution Uganda, it doesn't concern them. It's just Rochester, it concerns again, alone. I don't even know what I'm talking, talking about. That is what I'm saying. So in reading the scriptures, the number one way to read the scripture is to what? Read it like what? Read it like what? A conversation. So now this leads us into our subject. We said, what is sin? Who is a sinner? Is a person a sinner from birth? And I told us we, we've had a lot of wrong misconceptions. A lot of wrong misconceptions. We've seen things. We've, we've heard so many things. Hey, the very minute you are born like this, boom. Some people even said, even if the, as the child is just, the, very, the fact that the child started crying, he's already a sinner. So what if he dies? He's going to hell. Uh -uh. That's not how to answer Bible questions like that. Uh, so, as he just born like this, he did not do anything, no offend anybody. The only thing, as, so if he died, a fire straight. Uh -uh. When is that we are serving a gorilla? 
<laughs> but it's not as if God is a... a <laughs> you get what I'm saying? We must understand the context of what it is saying. So now, we said, now, let's go to Genesis 1.26. Let's start there. That's what we've always been going through. Genesis 1.26. Genesis 1.26. It says... Okay, it says... And God said, let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the heads, over every creeping thing that creeped the earth. And we said that word image there, in our today's word, we have likened that word image like mirror. Image in his mirror. I remember I was preaching somewhere um, in, in another country a um, couple of weeks ago and i said no just last week and i said that um this image so would think as you are you're in the image of god right now i said if we're in the image of god all of us should look alike abino we should not look like we should not all look like this we should not all have we should all be the same way so that's not what he's saying Image in the Hebrew is from the word Selim. And those he is talking to, you remember we used to, we said, how should, we, we said something, we said, the people he is talking to will understand what he is saying. You know if you had said pandemic now, or COVID-19 in 2015, somebody will say, what are you saying? Or if you said that in, 2008. So I say, what's that? COVID-19. What does that mean? I say, global pandemic. Somebody will say, oh, yeah, it means something, but we have experienced it very well. We now understand it. Those words, what was the way they, what was the way Moses communicated that word for them? That word image simply means to be reproduced in another format, to have, sorry, sorry, to be reproduced in another format and to be used as and it's simply like an idol. And I explained to you, I said, if you have watched some African movies, I know many people are not Africans watching me or listening to me. And they say, oh well, it has those that virus has been spread now into um, the world. We said some people said they met Babalao this this week. Uh, is it um she contacted the Babalao. Okay. Different things are moving. In this same Rochester. Okay. Okay. Now, let me, let me make this clear. And the reason why I'm saying this is because some of you are Africans, you might understand. But for those that are not Africans, they might not be able to get this. I'll use the description of a doll. And let's, use, let's take this mic as a doll. In Africa, there's something they do, and I think they do it here. If you check even voodoo, they, they do it, I think, Louisiana. Louisiana is known for black, for black magic and all of those things. Where you do a doll, 
Eh? New Orleans, yeah. They are known for all of those, um, all of those stuff. Now, and you want to talk to somebody. Let's say you, let me use Sister Ronke for instance. And you say you want to deal with Sister Ronke for maybe having a me time. <laughs> for always having me time. <laughs> so you say, <laughs> and you say, so this is, you now say, this is Sister Ronke. This place is her eyes. You just need her eyes. So what they do is that they will now shook these eyes. And instead of choking Sister Roque directly, they shook these eyes. And via shooking these eyes, Sister Roque will just be say, Ye, 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 my eyes, my eyes, I can't see. That's what, that's what happened. What is this? This is that image. This thing now is now, we have called this an image of Sister Roque, a representation. This is now like an idol. You know, this thing now is a date, is an idol, a representation. So now, what did God create when he says he created man in his own image? He created his own representation. That means, I've always told us, if God will do anything on this earth, he will need a man. If the devil will also do anything, he will need a man. It's a battle of men. God is fighting for the souls of men as much as the devil is fighting for the souls of men. So it's a battle. So when he says he created man in his own image, so can we say he created an I let me use the word an idol, a representation. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that means for him to carry out his work, he needs you. That is why. Paul will tell us in 2 Corinthians and say, we are God's ambassador. Can we say God's representative? God's image? That is what it means. So when you say created in his own image, it's not a physicalness. It's not, it doesn't mean this is your physical being. Some people say, I'm in the image of God. I'm in the image of God. No, you're in the, see, look at your body now. Does, they, does it look like the image of God? Are you getting what I'm saying? I don't know if you get what. So we say, I'm, for, I'm sick. I'm this. Does God fall sick? And you say, you're in his image. Are you getting what I'm saying? That shows to you, he created a representative, an idol. So that means man on his own. And this, you know, we're on a journey on understanding who man is. Man on his own. Is a being, is a, is a special being. I can say it this way. Man is the centerpiece of God's creation. So that means, when God created man, he created man and he told him, have dominion, replenish the earth, subdue the earth, fuel the earth. He created man, and I told you, who is the only one who can live on this earth? Man. That is why you can't see angels sitting down with you on this earth. When they come, they leave because this is not their terrain. That is why we say people that are creatures that don't look like us, we call them aliens, strangers. 
So God created man. So it's like saying, so now look at this. Why? So this will not make sense to you. Why did God have to come as a man? Because it is only a man that can do his responsibility on this earth. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing it? Only a man can fit into this earth that he created. So that means, in, because we have to understand, why am I taking us through this journey? We can't understand sin first without understanding man. Because who is the person that we sin? Is man. So we have to first start our journey from that man that God created. And we have to first look at who he is. So that means God's intention for man was to be like him. Pay attention to what I just said because it will, pay, it will matter when we start in Genesis 3. When we start looking at what the serpent said and say, uh, for God doth know it, that you shall be like him. Don't forget, what was originally God's intention? The original plan and God's intention was for man to be like him. Is it to be like him physically? Is it to be like him physically? It can be. But can we say to carry his glory, his splendor, his work, to do his responsibility? Can we say that? That is who God created. So as you are seated like this, listening to me, you are not ordinary. Man is actually supernatural. Man is spiritual. You are not ordinary. You are a being. Either God is using you, thank God everybody, God is using us in this church, but an unbeliever, who is using them? The devil. Two, it's just two. And God wants every man to be like him. And we said, now let's look at in Genesis 2.16, that man he created. Genesis 2.16 and the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. For in the day thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. Now, look at that thing very well. Observe something. We can see there is a tree of life in the garden. There is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, see, that, see something carefully. Look at it in verse 9. Out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for the food and the tree of life in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, see, that means the writer implies to something. There is the tree of life, there is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So you may have asked a question. Did Adam and Eve sin by eating of a tree? Did Adam and Eve sin by eating of a tree? Remember, in Genesis 2 verse 8, it says the Lord planted the garden in Adam and he put the man he has formed there. And we have looked at, in our previous sections, we have looked at Life, good, evil, life. And we have looked at tree. And we said the tree of life 
And the tree of the good and evil is not referring to a physical tree. It can't be. And we said it's a metaphor, a figure of speech. It's like saying, it's like saying I want to tell, talk to you now and I say, you are a goat. Are you a goat? No, you are not. But it's like saying, what do I mean when I say you are a goat? Stubborn. Stubborn. That is exact. So now, look at mode of communication now. The people he is talking to, they understand clearly. Because don't forget, where were they? In the wilderness. What are the activities of things that are in the wilderness? Trees, fruits, serpents, animals, different things. So when you use, so now it's like saying I'm teaching you now and I'm saying, it's like saying I'm teaching you now and I'm using an example and I'm saying, Walmart, Wegmans, um, Kroger, um, Howdy. Do you know somebody in Odar Road, where I grew up, will not understand what I just said. He said, what's, what's Walmart? <laughs> because before even ShopRite came to our own place, I finished secondary school. I was ready. <laughs> Imagine all your secondary school, there was no mall you ever visited. All your high school days. In fact, you enter university self, no mall, nothing. You never went, the first time you went to a cinema in your life. See, let me just go to the cinema and eat popcorn. It's just a couple of years ago. <laughs> so, you know, say, now, look at context. But if I tell you now and I say, now, look at it too. Look at something now. If I tell you and I say, Iya, Shola, Amala, Joint. Do you know that? You know it. Some of you know it. But someone like Gina will be wondering, what's that? Uh, what, what would that mean? Even Godwin will be wondering, people will be wondering, what's that? That's because we are not, even Brahansi will be wondering, what's that? We are not all from the same context. But how will I explain it? I went to a restaurant. There's not a general word. I mean, if you get what I'm just saying. If we were to rewrite the Bible in our today, you and I will not use three. You and I would use what is applicable in our world. So, what is the role of a preacher? The role of a preacher is an interpreter. That's why when we start asking perplexing questions, and we start saying, can a believer do this? Questions that are in our today's world. Can a believer be an homosexual? You know, there's no split scripture that tells you, don't be an homosexual. How do we now interpret it in our world to explain it to the world we are living in? You know, there are some people you work into a mall today, you see them, you say, is this a boy? Is this a girl? Is this a human? Is this a... <laughs> you can't describe. Now, that is because the world we live in. And if you overlook at the person too much, 
The person can call 911 on you. <laughs> you, can, ah, you see the person, you don't stand, and you don't stand staring. Just believe me, you. It's a security that will walk you out of that mall. But that's what is applicable in our world. So that means when we are studying, we are going to have some bits of issues if we don't pay attention. That's why a lot of people now, some people have been saying, maybe it's cashew tree, maybe it's purple tree, maybe it's a apple. Some even said, some people wake up and said, that's why apple, if you check the back of apple, there's, there's something that was lost, you know, the apple is not full apple at the logo. That, that's the, that's what Eve ate. Ah, ah. <laughs> when, did, when did Steve Jobs just start? They say it's that, it's that, that's the apple that, somebody say, no, it's not apple, it's grape. That, you know, it's very easy to pluck. It's grape. So we say, no, it's not grape. It's purple. Ah. <laughs> that can be. It's not a physical tree. If you are getting me to this point, let me see your hands. It's not a physical tree. It's only an explanation. And they are explaining something. And that's why figural practice must be explained in scripture. We must be able to explain the figural practice in scriptures. So now, I will, I will give us the expression of those things later. Now, look at that. Let's go to Matthew 7, verse 15. I want you to, I want you to show you something. Matthew 7, look at Jesus' commentary on that fruit. Matthew 7, 15. I beg you, let's open there quickly. Are you learning something? Are you sure? Matthew 7.15 It says Beware of false prophets which come unto you in sheep clothing You know, that's actually the truth No false prophet will come and write it I am false <laughs> No false prophet will write I am, write it on the end and say I am false And you know before this, they will still use the same Bible he says, we wear sheep clothing, but inwardly they are raveling probes. He you know, says, do not, he says, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grape stones or figs or thistles? Imagine you now pick this now and say, I want to go and gather grapes. See, that says, even so, every good tree bringeth forth fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth an evil fruit. If you have read this and think it's a, it's a physical fruit, how would you have read this and think it's a physical fruit too? Is this not an explanation? Guys, are you, what does this mean? Let me, let me ask. It means what? Eh? You will know them by their heart, their conduct. It says every good tree, in verse 18, bringeth forth evil Every good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth an, a good fruit. He now says, every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is you and cast into the fire, whereby by their fruits you shall know them. Can that be talking about the physical fruit? That's an illustration. Same thing with, um, same thing with um, Jesus, with, with what Moses was doing. Illustration. 
So that means, reading the Bible, we cannot always see things in their natural meaning. Sometimes we will see animals, we will see objects used, we will see yet their real reference is not that thing. So you see that we have to read it in a conversation. Are you seeing it? You know, if we pay attention to reading it in a conversation, we will understand what it's really saying. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay. So that means the use of tree was figurative. So we can say that if Adam and Eve did the right thing, they would have obeyed God. Can we say that? Can we say that? If they did the right thing, they would have obeyed God. And if they choose the wrong thing, and the wrong thing can now mean they choose the fruit, they choose to eat the fruit, they disobeyed God, they've sinned. Abi? Right, guys? That's, that's basically it. That means if they've obeyed, can we say maybe they obeyed an instruction? Can we say they disobeyed an instruction? Can we also say if they've done the right thing? Can we also say if they did the wrong thing? I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Could it be that it's a fruit and a tree they are eating? No. It is a Moses illustration to his audience. You know, in maybe in the next um, couple of maybe 30 years or 40 years, the kind of phones we are using now might not be in extinction again. It might not be available again. The kind of material, maybe YouTube, might, maybe there might have been another one, unseen tube. That everybody is making money from. Are you getting what I'm saying? A new development. You know, at that time now, when we are talking, our mode of vocabulary too will change. Because we have to fit in into that world. How many of us are getting this? So now, what did Adam and Eve do? Very quickly. And we will close. Amen. Amen. So say, pastors. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Hold on. So what did Adam and Eve do? As I gradually begin to close, because my time is fast spent. So we'll take it on from here next week. What did Adam and Eve do? And because if we can understand the very origin of the beginning of what they do, we'll be able to trace everything down, even back to our own personal life. So what did they do? Can we say they disobeyed God? Can we say they disobeyed God? But observe something. There's something I want you to observe. Go to Genesis 3. Their disobedience was influenced it wasn't by themselves. And that's something that people don't pay attention to. Look at in Genesis. Verse 3. Let's start from verse 3. Or let's start from verse 1. Genesis 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And he said unto the woman, And God said, Ye shall not... Eat 
of the tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruits of the tree of the garden, but of the fruits of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye eat it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, hmm? It's like, say, <laughs> I remember when we, were, when we were in high school then, if your class teacher says, um, submit this assignment at 8 a.m. How many of you is that 7.30? As you get to school, that's when you start copying the assignment. You just be copying. What? Video you want, video you now copy. Some of, some, I remember one, one of my friends, then he said, oh, she be skin. If it's just a flog us, I'm not submitting. I, 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 we don't, you know, it was like, it's before assembly. And you have to have submitted before assembly. So you roll, roll, roll. The person say, ah, this one, I'm, I can't finish copying all this one. He looked at the time, he said, I can't finish. He be scared. Huh? <laughs> he doesn't say, I'm not submitting. And when the, in fact, when the child came, he was even, he just stood up. You know when they say, or stand, greet, good morning. He just stayed up. He, when everybody sit down, he stood up. This is just why he said, he said, ah, I did not do my assignment, so I'm ready for the king. You know, no teacher will want to flog that person again. Because it's just we feel on that mind. I won't forget that. As I just said, I just remembered that event. Alright, look at what he says. This happened just told You will not surely die. Jesus, God was God was God was just deceiving you. No, tell me the truth, guys. If you were the one, you would think about it twice. <laughs> God was just this, God is just playing pokey with you. <laughs> For God doesn't know that the day you eat it, your eyes shall be open. You shall be like God's knowing good and evil. Verse 6, and the woman said the tree was good to your eyes and the pleasant to the side, and she took it and gave unto her husband with her. So stop blaming Eve. They were both together. With her. With her. <laughs> the other was with her. And they ate it together. Somebody said, what happened? Is this literal also? Or a figurative story? Now we ask you. When you want to do wrong today, does, does, when you want to do wrong today, who speaks to you? And how does he speak? Nobody is talking. Maybe your boss tells you, you know, let's arrange this file. Use your laptop. Some of you are even using work laptop for... He said, don't use work laptop for any other thing except this work. Huh? For they know that the day I use it, <laughs> I'll be more wiser. I remember when I was working in one government job then, and they used to, we, we used to have some encrypted things. Me, I just play message. Just go. I'll just put the earpiece. Now, look at something. Let's take it into our today's world. Before somebody will stand up and say, I want to go and kill somebody. Let's use the word kill. Or let's say, before somebody goes into a mall and go and steal, 
Do you want to tell me that it's not premeditated? Is there a physical serpent who comes to you and says, do it. Huh? Just steal it. The closest they will just do is, in fact, they might not even know that that will sound, pam, 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 pam. You know that thing that sounds where you, if you do not scan it or if you do not pay. You say, oh, it will not sound. I'll just walk with somebody and run away. What speaks? Now, this will take me into the temptation of Jesus. I want to get you thinking. Then we'll address this next week. Good? Good? Let's, let's, let's address this next week. Or in our next session. Let's go into the temptation of Jesus too. Jesus just finished 40 days and 49 fasting. I've read that scripture like a million times. And I felt like, after a 40 days and 40 night fasting, you should be feeling sanctimonious. You should have destroyed every voice of the devil. Yet the devil came. Now, I will ask you a question. Was it physical? Could it have been physical? It can be. It can be. Because it was... After 40 days, you are supposed to be hungry. And he saw a bread. What we just the same way thought comes to your mind. Just the same way you will see the money and say, I'll take it. I will not take it. <laughs> Some movies will now show you Jesus here. The devil here say, just Take it. Take it. The other one say, you know that if you take it, you are a child of God. This and that. <laughs> so, Jesus was going through the same battle that you two you are going through. But look at what Moses now did for them. And this is where I close. Play for me, I close. Look at what Moses now did for them. What did he do? He now showed the children of Israel that it is one person that is behind it. Look at what, look at how, look at what we are grappling to understand. People have said, it's cashew tree, it's purple tree, it's this. But look at something that, look at the way, I believe Moses is a very intelligent person. He narrowed down the genesis of our problems to one voice. And that's the voice of the serpent, the voice of the devil. So that means, I, if you have listened to our series on the falling world, rebellion of Genesis 3, 6, 11, we explained something that we said that sin is supernatural because it's influenced by something. It's a yielding. But don't forget, Adam and Eve had a warning from the very beginning that they should not do this. And what happened to them? The devil made light of the warning. 
Same way you two, you have a warning. Your boss tells you do something. You say, I can still come late. I can still use the work laptop or something else. I can still cheat the system. But what is the major influence? One voice. Then Jesus experienced the same thing. He says, turn this stone to bread. He was hungry. Very hungry. I mean, 40 days and 40 nights. If he is not hungry, then he was not a man. And he faced the same issue again. At that time, he just finished praying. He's about to start the ministry. His eyes must have been seeing how he's going to take over the world, take over this Jerusalem with the gospel of Christ. The devil said, I can give you on a platter of gold. Bow down and worship me. And what did he do? He replied him with his word. Do you know? Adam and Eve could have responded to They could have responded. They could have said, God did not tell us, God told us not to do this. You serpents, get away from me. They could have responded. That was why Moses used that vocabulary of serpent. A subtle, we could have just said, leave me. But no, they did it. But what we want to now study is, did their issue now affect me? also that's what we will study as we progress in this series so this is to show us that we must watch the influences around us watch the voice that speak to us watch watch let's watch it we are surrounded in a supernatural world like I told you I've always said this to you the devil is very revengeful he never forgives. He never forgets. He sees what you have done, how you have destroyed him, the victories you have. He's come, he always comes back and he comes back. He never gives up. He has a... He has a... Let me call it... He knows how to lose. He says he's an experienced loser. But he, that one of keeps trying... It never stops. That's why I tell believers, why are you giving up? The devil that you are fighting does not give up. Hallelujah. So, as we approach more light in this series, we would understand more on who really we are as man. Don't forget I said, what did God do? God created us as a representation to be like him. But look at what these guys were forgetting. He says, you shall be like God, knowing good and evil. Ah, that means they forgot their identity in a split second. So I tell people, I say, the reason why many of us do wrong things is because we don't know our identity. We don't know who we are. Hallelujah. I believe that as we progress into our weekend too much light in this series, we would understand more and our worship of God will be would be deepened. 
in the name of Jesus. That we we'll have much light, we we'll love our Bibles the more, we we'll have much understanding, that our eyes is open much more to experience more in the name of Jesus. Let's just be on our feet and let's thank Him this morning. Let's bless Him. Give Him the praise. Thank Him for what you've heard. And just pray over what you've heard. Let's just pray a bit over what we've heard. Negative voices. Let's pray against that. Voices that speak to our ears on negative things, on wrong things. That negative voices will not have a hold on us. The voices of the devil, the voices of the serpent will not creep into his, his subtlety. He will not use his subtlety to creep into our hearts. Let's pray for ourselves this morning. Let's pray for ourselves this morning. Put somebody's hands beside you. Let's pray for one another. That the voices of the enemy, the voices of condemnation, the voices of fear, the voices of doubt, unbelief, will not creep into our life and our hearts. Strange voices of fear, strange voices of rejection, strange voices of self-condemnation, strange voices of sin will not creep into our hearts. Strange voices of the enemy will not have a hold on us. Pray for one and let's pray for one another this morning. Monday Soprakis Kedebragadushes. Mende Brokoska Telebraganadeska. Mantu Supreteska Lete Brokosha. Voices of fear. Voices of you can't do it. Voices of what God has told you to do. You can't become it. Voices of no. You can't achieve that sin. It's gone this very minute. In the name of Jesus. That's the subtlety of the devil will not have a hold on us. Those voices of you can't do this on that thing that God has called you to do. I take it of you this very minute. In the name of Jesus. Voices of fear voices of rejection voices of depression I take them away from you voices of a confused identity I take them away from you in the name of Jesus thank you Lord oh we bless you Lord Put your hands and just bless him this morning thank him for what we've heard this morning bless him thank him At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, we can cast out demons. At the name of Jesus, every thought confess that Jesus is 
receive clarity. Sing that song. We receive revelations. We receive vision from this morning. It's my realm. It's my realm. I receive clarity. I receive revelation. Sing that song. I receive vision. It's my realm. It's my realm. I receive clarity. I receive visions, come on. I receive revelations. I receive visions. He's my realm. He's my realm. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. We thank you. We give you the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.